We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's one, Ryan. I'm, I'm going to read this because I just want to get your reaction to it. Is J.J. McCarthy the most overrated? This is from J.H.T. 1988. Thank you, J.H.T. Is J.J. McCarthy the most overrated quarterback in CFB history this year? This team has asked nothing of him to win. He literally didn't throw a pass in the second half in their only ranked win. I, I, I'm i trying to think real quick of guys that I consider overrated. I mean, my initial impulse is yes, probably. I mean, this was a player that we were billing as a Heisman Trophy candidate or people were billing as a Heisman Trophy candidate. And he's also a kid that's being talked about as potentially being quarterback three in the 2024 NFL draft. And I don't see either one of those. I don't, I mean, look, I think that it was very telling and I know some people push back on this and some people I respect push back on this and it's fine, but my guy posted bet after there was a suspension, right? Bet on Twitter and then proceeded the team in the biggest game of the year so far against Penn state. In a game that was a one-score game, the majority of that football game, they said, you know what, J.J.? You're only throwing the ball eight times today. Mm -hmm. You don't do that with kids that are that guy, right? Like, you don't do that. So, yes, I think J.J. McCarthy is very overrated. Do I think he's very talented? I do. I think he's got a live arm. I think he's a very good athlete. There's no doubt. I I agree with those those sentiments. But – I always push back. I, I will always push back on this because I know there's some people like, oh, why did he need to throw the ball? Because he ran the ball down there. I'm just like, no, that's not how that works, right? If one of your biggest assets is a quarterback that apparently is going to go in the first round, you utilize him because mm-hmm. you know what? If he's that dude, it's probably not a one score game. The majority of that football game, you probably blow out Penn State because they couldn't do anything offensively against Michigan that day. So yes, JJ McCarthy is very overrated. I think that the what Michigan asked him to do in some at some areas and in some games is very telling to him being overrated as well. Mm-hmm. Last three games, Ryan, J.J. McCarthy has zero touchdown passes and one interception. And if you add rushing touchdowns in there, guess what? He still has zero touchdowns. I, I'm sorry. You're not a great quarterback if you go through a three-game stretch. I don't care who you play. And two of those games are competitive. Here's the thing. If you just say they're all blowouts and, oh, okay, fine. But you've had three competitive, like two competitive games in a row. Yeah. And you've accounted for zero touchdowns. He went 12 of 23 
for 141 yards, zero touchdowns, and a pick against Maryland. Uh, he went eight of 13 with three interceptions against Bowling Green. The kid's not going to sniff 3,000 yards this year in the regular season. Not even going to sniff it. And uh, pe- people have turned uh, – Brian's not going to like this, and I don't want to get into this argument. I'm just going to share my opinion now because I don't I don't include you in this, Ryan, because you know I value your knowledge of football. So I'm not talking about people like you. I'm talking about people mm-hmm. that I think you dislike. But this obsession with, like, draft Twitter, right, mm-hmm. They have we have turned every conversation into a conversation about talent, not players, not how good of a player you are. And, and, that, and that drives me nuts on Twitter. So, again, I'm not talking about the real people that do this. I'm talking about this obsession that we get on Twitter. And too many sports writers have adopted that line of thinking which is why it's hard to have a conversation nowadays about how good a player is. And J.J. McCarthy, to me, epitomizes that more than anything. Because to your point, Ryan, if we're just talking about like NFL draft evaluation, there's a lot to like. Live arm, tall kid, athletic, has won a lot of games as a starter. There's things to like. But he's never been a great quarterback, ever. And – you know, they've never counted on him to go win. When, what's the game you can point to? Say, hey, JJ, go win us this game. What's the game you can point to and say that that's the case? There isn't one. I guess they, I, I guess they let him loose against Ohio State last year, right? Did yeah, three hundred something yards, but um, did he throw for that many yeah, I yards? Threw, I threw for like he three threw something. Threw for uh, um, two sixty three on twelve completions because oh, they were was... remember they, they were hit like wide open guys down the field on some play action stuff. He yeah. ran well against. I mean, he had some nice runs against Ohio State last year. Um, but like they put that game away with the run game in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, looking at the Penn State game last year, Ryan, he went 17 of 24 for 145 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Iowa game last year, 18 of 24, 155 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Like, I just I don't know. I've never understood this in this love fest with 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 for JJ McCarthy. I just, I've never gotten it. So do I think he's overrated? Yes, because this guy should have never been in the Heisman conversation. If Washington played a game against a good team where Michael Penix threw eight passes and didn't get hurt, they'd get killed. They'd get killed. And the point is, well, you can't punish him for being on a great team. I'm not. I'm, But that's the point. He is benefited benefiting from playing on a great team. Could you imagine if Michael Penix had a defense like the one Michigan has, how good that Washington team would be? It'd be unbeatable, in my opinion. So, yeah, he, he's incredibly overrated to me. Incredibly. I mean, Sam Hartman should be in the Heisman conversation more than J.J. McCarthy. I, I'm I'm sorry. He just – Well, neither, neither should be. Neither should be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's it's ridiculous. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We had a question from NC Notre Dame. Oh, I saw this one. I didn't want to talk about this one. Um, if Louisville beats Florida State and then wins a playoff game, will it look bad that TCU and Louisville has a playoff win and Notre Dame doesn't? And what does that say about the program? I'm pulling this up because I wanted to say this to him. Yeah. Listen, man, you can be as pissed off as you want about the season, but the reality is we're, we're just not going to do this the whole offseason. We're not. Number one, Louisville has no chance at making the college football playoff. None. <laughs> right. They were ranked behind a two-loss team last year. Okay? And so I, what if this, 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 and this? This is nonsense. Nonsense. TCU lost 65 to 7 in the title game. Like I I'm I'm so tired of this looking for any reason to be upset and negative and bitch and complain. And we're not going to do that here. There's another channel that's literally only geared towards bitching. Go watch that show. We're not going to do that here, right? Jeff Brom's done a great job at Louisville this year. He has. Sure Notre has. Dame had no business losing to him, losing to that team. None. And and we we have talked about this but we're just not going to do this, this whole off season. And if all you're going to do is this whole off season, I'd rather you just not talk about things, right? You, here, here's my point. Can we be constructive in our criticism? Can we be pissed off about things? Absolutely. But just looking for this kind of stuff to just complain about, uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And, and so Notre Dame's got to get better. Simple as Simple as that. Simple as that. We're, we're just not going to play this bitch the whole offseason thing about stuff mm -hmm. like this. It has nothing to do with what today's show was about. Nothing. And if, 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 if Louisville beats Florida State, they're still not getting the college football playoff. So just let it go, man. Right? We'll talk about things that need to get better, need to get corrected. But honestly, I'm just not going to allow the channel to turn into this. We're just yeah. not going to do that. We're just not going to do that. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I saw that. 
comment earlier. I'm just like, oh man, here we go. Yeah. We're talking about TCU. So, I, I, am I supposed to be overly impressed that TCU won a playoff game and then Scott smashed 65 to seven and then sucks the right. year after because right. they were a one year wonder? Like, okay. Right. All right. And what does that say about Notre Dame's program? It says Notre Dame has a lot more sustainable program than than, than TCU does. That's what it says. <laughs> right. So, I mean, would you rather have been Notre Dame last year and gone nine and four and then come back this year, maybe go 10 and three? But you didn't make yeah. the playoff and get destroyed by TCU, and then you've got to, or by Georgia, and you have a losing record the next year. Because the same person, if Notre Dame was TCU right now, would be bitching about being TCU right now. That's that's yeah, that's the reality of it. Actually, I don't want to talk about that one. It, we'll we'll address Golden if he leaves. If Golden okay. leaves, we'll talk about candidates. But I just don't want to get into the whole offseason of what if Parker is gone, what if Golden is gone. If those guys leave, we'll we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. Brandon Plesner says, Ryan, does Notre Dame l- now look to add another pure defensive tackle to go with Joseph Reith and Davion Dixon in 2025 since they now missed on a second in 2024? I'd argue they need another interior player similar to Dixon, not a D-end turned defensive tackle. Well, can I just say one thing, right? I don't really care how a defensive tackle starts his career. I, I don't yeah. – I, I, I don't – I do not care. Bryant Young was a linebacker turned nose tackle, and he was a All American. I, I don't care about that. Um, as far as adding another D tackle, the the problem, Ryan, is the twenty twenty five D tackle class so far doesn't look very good. There are yeah. some guys on the board that they're looking at, Jarquez Carter, some other guys that they're looking at, but it's not a great D tackle class. I think they should show a little bit of patience and let some guys develop and see what's out there, but. Well, I don't care if it's a D tackle, a D intern D tackle. I just care about a dude that's going to be a a difference maker. Well, and Brandon, I know you posted the same question on the board, and I, I did respond to it this morning. I, the, the, like you named a couple guys on the message board that you thought were like really good players on Notre Dame's radar, and I kind of talked a little bit about a couple of them as far as like they're just not reasonable for various reasons as far as whether they're a good fit or whether they don't have interest in Notre Dame. So. I just I, I what were I some think of the that, names he mentioned, Ryan? You mentioned like Zion Williams. Yeah, he can't uh, get in school and yeah. yeah, some guys like that. So and then like you mentioned Isaiah Campbell, and I was like Isaiah Campbell, you know, didn't make the visit. So like right. that's a wait and see. Is even even comes to campus at some point, right? Yeah. So they're recruiting him. They've been recruiting him. They're yeah. trying to recruit him. It's just yeah, there's not. And he, and he says a lot. He says a lot of great things about Notre Dame, but again, until you go up to campus, that's you know that's the that's the. Determination there, right? So, I mean, yeah, I think that there's a little level of patience that needs to come. And then also, you know, as far as like Reef might end up being an interior player, like I think that's kind of the plan. But let's see how his body develops also, because mm-hmm. that could also change plans, right? Because if you're projecting like that, going to be an interior player down the road. And let's say next year he doesn't put on a ton of weight and you're just kind of like, hmm, maybe his body won't develop quite the same way that we do. So maybe now we need to go back into the interior defensive line pool. I, I just think that there's this is a situation that needs to play out a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I do know that Notre Dame is looking at him as a yeah. as a guy that's going to grow into that, but they're going to start him off where his body is best served, like they did Riley Mills. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But um, I look, do I think that defensive tackle recruiting needs to get better? Yeah, I do. Am I saying Notre Dame is set at the position the next couple of years? No, I'm not. I'm just saying right now, to your point, Ryan, yeah. this, the oh, pickings are slim right now. They need to be patient with that. Another one that Brandon put out, and I think he just put it back in the chat. Landon Rink is not leaving the Redlands. He's not. He's going to yeah. Texas or a Texas school or in Oklahoma or Oklahoma. That's all yeah. he's going to, Brandon. He's not coming up north. 
for anyone. And yeah, the other thing about about Landon Rink too is, isn't he kind of a? He's a smaller guy. He's only like six. Body didn't have to grow into a D tackle. He's like six three, six two fifty ish type of guy. So that would be kind of a DN turn D tackle as well. But Ryan's correct. That kid's not leaving the Southwest. He is. Yeah. Well, at least the Southwest geographically, he's going to be playing in the SEC. But it's going to be for one of the southwestern versions of the SEC. Yeah, as one of the Texas schools or Oklahoma. That's always been kind of where you're. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because Landon said great things about Notre Dame too, but he was another kid that never visited Notre Dame because he. I don't think he ever really took a visit up north. Like he's that's where he's going to stay. It's where he's going to stay. So, is what it is. Yeah. Well, but I just patience is needed here. This for Notre Dame. Not even talking about fans, but for Notre Dame, don't rush into a kid that right now may not be that guy. Let it let let it process out. Let some kids develop. Let some kids grow, and then try to find the next Nam Namdi Boko before he commits to someone else. You know right. that that would be the thing. But right now the, the 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 options are just not are not great. Right now, got a few super chats here, Ryan Truman Theodore Dumel. Thank you so much, Truman. I'm a big New York Jets fan. I'm sorry to hear that. Where do you see Audrey Estime fitting in um, in the draft? If we draft him, also hopefully we put Alt. Um, we get Alt, Joe Alt. P.S. Sam Hartman would be a steal. Um, I mean, so I mean, you, the Jets really need another running back. I mean, don't you guys have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook now? I don't know if you really need another running back, uh, Truman. At least a high profile yeah, guy. But didn't they just I, cut a guy? At running back recently, then I see them cut Michael Carter recently. Michael Carter, yeah, they cut Michael yeah. Carter to make room for another running back. So the running back room is actually pretty good in in with the New York Jets. But I would say if you wanted to get Audrick Estime, I think Audrick's going to end up going top hundred. I think that he's going to end up going to like the third rounds because I just think he he fits the profile of that early down kind of bulldozer at the next level that I think a lot of teams are going to like. So I think that he ends up going day two somewhere. Joe Alt, I mean Joe Alt would be actually. <laughs> I was toying with a little bit of a mock draft a couple of days ago, Truman, and I think I actually ended up giving Joe Alt to the New York Jets in the top 10 because I think that that pick, that would make so much sense. You have Mekhi Becton, who's been banged up a ton. You could now kind of use Joe Alt as a true left tackle. Maybe Becton be more of a right tackle. If, he, if he's able to stay healthy, I think that would be a tremendous fit. Could Sam Hartman be a steal? I, hey, I mean, I, my opinion on Sam Hartman hasn't, tra- hasn't changed from an NFL draft perspective. I think Sam Hartman has a chance to be a, a, a good backup in the NFL mm-hmm. for a decent amount of time. Nothing has ever changed. I fought back in the preseason of like people saying like, oh, could be a top 50 pick. It could be a future starter. I'm just like, eh, I, don't, I just don't see that. Like, I just don't see it. Right. But yeah. Could he be a backup in the NFL? Yeah. I, th- I mean, have you seen some of the backups that are playing right now, Truman? I mean, literally Tim Doyle is about to start a game for the New York Jets this Who weekend. over Zach Wilson. Is that? I think Tim Doyle went to Indiana State. I could be wrong about that. that I've like literally never heard of that guy before. Yeah, he, he's but he's stuck in the NFL, Tim Boyle, for like six years. I think. Do you remember the kid that started yeah. at UCLA back in 07 in the game that Notre Dame beat them on the road? He had like two last oh. names. Like I stuck in the NFL for like eight, nine years. Oh, Bethel Johnson. Bethel, yes. Bethel Thompson. Bethel yes. Thompson. McLeod. Bethel Thompson. Yes. Yep. yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh man, yeah. And uh, Truman also said another super chat. Thank you, Truman. Audra got robbed like a Brinks truck by the Doak Walker. Agree completely. Yes. Yep. Agree. Agree completely. One for the Gipper. Thank you so much for the super chat. The future is so bright with Notre Dame. Bold prediction: Notre Dame doesn't lose a home game the next two years. 
Notre Dame will host a playoff game next year. I hope you're right. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. It's going to really come down to me to quarterback. It it really is. Is How how well can Gino Gadouli develop Angeli, Minchie, and Carr? Like, to me, that's that's the future. And because, you know, next year with the 12-team playoff, Ryan, you can afford to have an early loss either to Texas A&M or Louisville. Like, to me, you got to go one and one in those two games at worst, right? And if you somehow can win both of those – you know, then then you you're going to have some high profile wins in the end of the year. If Notre Dame can go ten and two, eleven and one, they're going to have a shot to be a playoff team. If they go eleven and one, they're a no brainer playoff team. But if if they go ten and two, then th- they have a shot, at, you know, to be in the play a playoff team. I don't think it's a given because I don't know how the, the there's years the Notre Dame could have gone ten and two and made hosted a playoff game, and other years they go ten and two and they don't make the playoff. Like they wouldn't have made it in 2019 at ten and two because they were not in the top twelve. And they shouldn't have been because they didn't beat anybody. They lost to the only two good teams they played all year. Next year's schedule, to me, will be better than that, but not probably not quite as good as this year's schedule was, uh, in my view, because I don't think Florida State's going to be as good next year as they've been uh, in the in the la- this last two years, at least, at least this last year. They could look more like they were a year ago. Um, but, no, I, look, I, I think the future is very bright. It's just about do you have the people in place from a leadership standpoint to – to get the most out of your talent. I think that's still a legitimate question. I'm higher on Jared Parker than most, but I have no evidence that Jared Parker is going to be the guy that can lead, can build a national championship offense in Notre Dame. I, I don't. Now, I'm hopeful, but I, I don't. I don't know that Joe Rudolph can build a Joe Award, Award, a Joe Moore Award-winning line. I don't know. the. I'm hopeful, but I don't know the answer to that yet. So there's still some questions. But, Ryan, I love the talent. That has been added to this football team since Marcus Freeman got hired. The just the the when was the last time Notre Dame had this kind of talent at running back and tight end and receiver? Just just raw God given ability. We'll see what kind of football players they come become. Sure. And then you're adding another great recruiting class to it in 2024 on offense. I mean, linebacker is absolutely loaded. We're I love these kids, but we're never. I don't think we're ever going to see a linebacking core that's like J.D. Bertrand, Jack Kaiser, and Maris Leafau again. Just those really hard. I mean, because they're not recruiting those guys anymore, Ryan. Right. They're not. They're recruiting dudes now. Now you got to coach those dudes up. That's going to be the key. Sure. But yeah, I, I I agree, and that's why I'm I'm trying to stay as positive, but also honest. And it's also why I'm so disappointed by this season because it should have been better. But the future is very bright because this team, and I know some people don't follow recruiting like we do. So they may not know it because you don't know how good a guy can be until you see it. But y'all, I'm telling you, the freshman class, the incoming freshman class is loaded with yeah. big time talents. Now you just got to coach them up. But I'm, I'm with you one for the Gipper. I, I do think the future is bright. You just we there's just some things we got to learn about Coach Freeman over the next year about his ability to, to build a staff and build a team and those type of things. But even with him, I'm still optimistic that he can be the guy because he's got a lot of traits that to me lead to that kind of success. There's just some things he still has to prove in my opinion. I I hope both your predictions are very correct. I hope so though. Oh, I would, I can't wait till Notre Dame hosts a playoff game. I, 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 that'd be so much fun. That'd be so much fun. We'll have to get you up here for that one, Ryan. You have to get you up here for that. Truman with another one. Truman, you're the best man. Thank you so much. What would it take to flip? Archie Arch Manning. Well, you don't have to flip him because he's, yeah. he's he means a like, like game. portal. Yeah, from the portal. I wouldn't look at Arch. I'm sorry. I uh, I think Arch Manning's a good football player. I think I said last year, Ryan, he's a legit top 100 quarterback. He is. 
He was overrated as a five-star. He was overrated in that regard, but he's still a good football player. But to me, Notre Dame doesn't need another talented, young, unproven quarterback that's never played. They already have that. They have Kenny Minchie. They have C.J. Carr. They, If they're going to get a portal guy, they need to go for a veteran that's proven. Um, I honestly, right now, especially since he's got a unit system, if you could tell me I could have Arch Manning or Kenny Minchie, I'm taking Kenny Minchie. I know people are going to laugh. Oh, you're Homer. That's fine. I'm just telling you, I like Kenny Minchie better than than Arch Manning. When you when you take into account that he's already got a year in the system under his belt, I right. just I'm going Kenny Minchie. Roll with what you have. You've got talented quarterbacks. Coach them up. That's the key. Um, and I, if I if honestly if I was going to take a young uh, one of the two young quarterbacks, I'd rather have Malik Murphy. I think he's a more dynamic talent, in my opinion. If I could, if I, if you were to say, hey, they're going to get one of the two Texas kids, which one would you want? I'd go with Malik Murphy. Plus, I think Malik Murphy put some gap between he's a couple years older than what, you know, CJ and Deuce and those guys are going to be as well. But um, that's just my two cents. I don't yeah. know. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. I, I agree. If you're taking a quarterback, whether it is a kid that you're bringing in to legitimately compete or a kid that's going to sit, sit and have depth to the room. It's going to have to be some experience level there, right? A guy that's kind of been there, done that. And yeah, I, I don't think Arch Manning fits that profile. I would agree with you. I don't think it's the right window for Arch, right? Like maybe re, maybe in other years, Arch would have made a lot more sense than it does this year. I would agree. Well, if they wouldn't have got Kenny Minchie last year, my my answer would be completely different. Sure. Like if, like, let's say they'd have had to settle for some okay three-star, legit three-star type of kid that just was a because you needed an arm. I'd say, yeah, go get Arch. Because, again, top 100 football player. And you need him and CJ, and you let him compete and those type of things. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very high on Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr as the, as the potential future for next season beyond. And then, of course, you're adding Deuce Knight in 2025. So, yeah. yeah. Th- that's uh, honestly, Ryan, back to, to the previous one, that's partly why my optimism is where it is, is because I just I'm so much more optimistic that one of these quarterbacks is going to pan out than I have been in a long time. I really yeah. am. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. One more from Truman. Truman said Dalvin Cook is leaving and Audrey is better RB2 Jets. Amen. I'm, I'm there for it. It would be a very good compliment to Brees Hall. Brees is a little bit more of an explosive, dynamic type of dude, and that would leave Audrey to be kind of that bulldozer downhill type of kid. So it would be a nice pairing, Truman. I, I do think that would be a really cool pairing. And I think New York media would love Audrick because he's just genuinely anyway. sweet. I mean, he really is. He really is. Last few, Ryan, before we get up out of here. 
Keith Wiegand says, of the three linebackers, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Loifel, and, and Jack Kaiser, which one would you like back? We've been asked this one a ton. I mean, for me, uh, Keith, it would be the one, and I, I think that I would lean more towards Maris Loifel or Jack Kaiser, depending, but the guy who is okay with taking less snaps but also still participating and being a, a person on special teams that can help you win football games, right? And J.D. Bertrand is the best linebacker of the three, but I think J.D. would is is one, I don't think he's as good as special teamer as the other two. And also, I think that he would just be a guy that would be the starting Mike, right? Like, he would be, come back to just be the starting Mike, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think that that would hold yeah. some reps away from guys like Drake Bowen, like Nolan Ziegler, like guys that you want to start seeing play more. Knows, yeah. Yeah, so I would be okay with one of the other two if they were okay with like, hey, your 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 split share is going to go down here. You're still going to play, but it's going to go down. But yeah. you're also going to keep playing special teams. I'd be okay in that situation. It, and I I think you're going to agree with the statement. And JD should be the starting Mike linebacker if he came back next year because he's going to be better, significantly better than anyone they have because of his knowledge of the system experience. But right. that's the whole point. It's time to turn the page and put the younger guy in there. So then hopefully by November he's better. I I just. I think it's time, Ryan, and and I think it's time to move on from some kids because I don't know that bringing those three guys back, I mean, the three necessarily moves the needle to you for you to be a national champion next season. Yeah, I just don't see that next season being that kind of season for Notre Dame. Uh, it's about building, and 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 you at some point in time, it's all, it's why I feel the way I feel about quarterback. It's why I feel the way I feel about a lot of positions. Yeah, coach the guys up you have. Right, you've got some talent. Coach them up, get them ready to play. I would, I would be okay if all three of them left. To be honest with you, but I tend to agree with you, Ryan, that if, if one of them's going to come back, it's one of the ones that would would be a better fit for like a niche role. Yeah, you know, like honestly, if I thought his attitude would be in the right place, I'd say Jack Kaiser because you don't really need to play Jack Kaiser a ton on defense. I just don't think Jack Kaiser would be happy with that. To be honest with yeah. you, I've, I've heard That's some fair. things about him not being overly thrilled with the role he's had this year. And and so I'm I just think it's time to move on with those kids. It's a little different at D tackle because there's not the same young depth at D tackle like they have a linebacker. So I do want Mills and Cross to come back. And if they didn't get Drake Bowen and Jaden Allsbury and those guys, I'd feel a little differently. But they did. And it's time to it's time to, you know, move on to those guys this next season, in my opinion. Cause the because you can over rely on COVID a little bit, Ryan, and it can stunt your overall program growth. And and that's kind of where I'm at. We had a question from Ben Tarnowski who says, is it fair to blame Dell Alexander for where the wide receiver room is still? Only getting to Barry Tobias Merriweather in that class is crazy. At least one would have been ready instead of relying on all true freshmen or new wide receivers. Well, I mean, partly. I don't think we put it all on Dell because this group has been coached for two years by Chancey Stuckey. So some of the issues I think do rely on him, but yes, the fact that you have to play the younger players as much as you have is partly because you failed to develop your roster in previous years. There's no question about that. So, and, and you you might have your questions about Chancey Stuckey as far as like a developer, but yeah. like he did still walk into a room where he had four healthy scholarship receivers, yeah. right? Like I, it was not I a mean, good situation. My issues with Chancey Stuckey are I don't think he can be a receivers coach on a you know a, a championship caliber receivers coach right now. 
I don't think he's got the temperament for it. That That's my big thing. I would take Chancey Stuckey over Dell Alexander every freaking day of the week and twice on Saturdays because he's still a much better football coach. Again, my standard when, when not being happy with some of the things Jared Parker's done or Joe Rudolph done or, or Chancey Stuckey has done, it's comparing him to what's in the future, which is championships. It is not looking back because they are both significantly better coaches than what was there before. Not he stand, but before he stand. Joe Rudolph is still a better offensive line coach than Jeff Quinn. He's sure. closer to Harry he stand than he is Jeff Quinn, in my opinion. Chancey Stuckey is not is is a much better football coach than Dell Alexander was at Notre Dame. Much better recruiter too, <laughs> and that's a big part of it because that receiver yeah. is kind of like just get out of their way, dude. It just, just shut up and leave them alone and let them go play. I'd rather you do that than what you're doing now, which is like alienating half of your roster. Uh, but the point is, you're gonna have a much more talented room, yes. and and that's where Dell is is responsible because you are forced to play so many young guys. But part of it's been bad luck too. I mean, if Jaden Thomas doesn't get hurt, Deion Colsey doesn't get hurt, maybe the re- the story of the receiver room looks a little different. I, I may because Jaden Thomas maybe could have stayed in a complimentary slot role all season. Who who knows, right? But um, I, I'm still much I'm still happy that Chancey Stuckey's the coach and not Dell Alexander. If those are my only two options, sure. You know, uh, he's a yeah. much better coach than Dell Alexander. And, and if for any other reason, Ryan, if he's the same level coach, he's an incredibly better recruiter than he was. Because even the good yeah. players they got weren't because of Dell, they were because of Chip Long and Tommy Reese. So, yeah, he's yeah, gross. Yeah. Ben Ben also had another question, too, uh, that, that I want to get into, that we'll get into later, Ben. I, I didn't miss your leadership question. I just think that's more of an off-season conversation because that is going to be a big question mark for me about next year's leadership. So I'm I'm purposely ignoring your question, Ben, but it's a great question. It's just more of a it's – a, it's, a, it's a better off-season question. So please, in a couple of weeks, bring that back because I think it's a very good discussion that we need to have about who's the leadership going to be on this football team next year. So I just – I didn't want to completely – uh, ignore that because I, I did think it was a very good question. Keith Wigan says, so if Joe Alt doesn't play, do they move Blake Fisher to left tackle? No, that's too quick of a turnaround, right? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make that move. I don't think. Agree for the bowl game. You're talking the bowl game, right, Ryan? Yeah, in the bowl game. Yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you make the move? Because I was, I, I don't know if you were on the show that I was asked about this. My thing yeah. is, I don't know that Blake has shown me anything that makes me think he can play left tackle right now. But you almost I, I, have to yeah. use that as a as a thing to try to convince him to come back. I I, I honestly, if if you, if I had to force, I, if I had to guarantee him a left tackle job in order to convince him to come back, I'd honestly just tell him to walk. Like, I think I would too. I think I would too. I, I look, I I still like the talent of Blake Fisher, but like at some point it needs to become tangible and on the field, right? right? Like, and I'm not, I I also agree to the fact of I'm not rewarding a player by moving him to a desired position if they're not performing well enough at the position that they're right. already at, like, what am I honoring to them? Like, I don't right. know. Like I would rather him become a really good right tackle before I worry about him transitioning to left tackle. Right. Now. Like I, I, I don't think I would make that move either. Agree. So. Agree. Plus I also don't think that Blake Fisher, like he could probably be fine in college. Right. But like, I, I think there's like a certain part of it. Like if I'm an offensive line coach or I'm a coaching staff in general, like talking to Blake Fisher, I'm like, Blake, you're probably not a left tackle in the NFL either, man. Like you're probably not. I think that if you're like preparing for the future, that might not even be the best for you. Forget about for us for the short term. Like that also might not be best for you. I mean, there needs to be a conversation that happens, man. Right. There needs to be a conversation at some point that happens with that. With that. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Last two, Ryan. And we're actually, I want to do this one first and then we'll do the other one last. 
Andrew Porter, will either of you play the new college football video game when it comes out next year? I really hope Notre Dame is the new game. Yes, I will play. No doubt. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I know I'll be 46 years old and I'm probably too old to be playing that game, but I don't care. I will be <laughs> playing it. Yes. Yes. We may take a, we may have a week of uh, vacation for the IB staff uh, yeah. when that game comes out. I'm just letting you all that know that right now. Triple option time, baby. Let's do it. Last one here. Last one. Chief Broey, how often do you cater your language? Oh, oh, I lost it. Oh, no. I got to pull it up. But basically, yes, it was. Um, (laughs) Chief, let me just find it here real quick, man, because I thought it was a really good question. Because I do want to speak to this because here we go. This is it right here. Chief Brody says, how often do you cater your language, especially speaking on a team or player to be less inflammatory rather than speaking frankly i don't mean spin but maybe using softer language than what you think so i i want to say this first of all i I don't think speaking frankly and this is a mistake i made for a lot of years i don't think speaking frankly has to include inflammatory language when talking about college football players or coaches Um, sometimes it's warranted it is but what I've tried to learn over the years and where I, where I've tried to grow, and this is in a lot of different ways is you can be frank and critical, but not mean or angry. And, and really what it came down to was talking to some parents of Notre Dame players who were upset with me and it wasn't that they were upset that I was critical, but they a couple of them felt with their particular childs that it became um, it became almost like it was a personal, you know what I mean? Like where that's not a football criticism because like most of the parents I've talked to, the thing that they'll say, especially with our new show, is, I really appreciate the fact that you're willing to be critical, but not personal. And I don't think that was always true for me, that it would come. It was never personal, but I think it definitely could come across that way when talking about players. So I can be critical of the job Sam Hartman did without going on some insane tirade to just trashing the kid. There's no need for that. He's not a bad kid. Um, You know, so I can be critical of, certain players and and it not be personal. And what I want our channel to be is a, a channel that's honest and critical, but also has a level of respect for other human beings to where, you know, like in, in part of it too is because I, if you go back and, and if you could have listened to me back in 2010 and 11, before I got about a coaching, I would destroy coaches, just destroy them. And then I went through something, right? And I became a football coach again. It had been a while and I got fired. I got fired from defiance because I thought the head coach sucked. And I thought the things he was trying to do were bad. And I let him know that he didn't like that. But the point is I had to go sit down and tell my wife, our lives are about to be uprooted. And I thought, you know, like that's what's at stake here. When you just call for Jared Parker to be fired, it's a game to you. It's it's NCAA 2024 to you. That's what it is to you. You just fire people. There's no human emotion in it. And to me, it's like, it is to me because I know 
what the conversation is going to be like for Dell Alexander or Jeff Quinn or Brian Van Gorder or J- Jared Parker to go in there and tell their wives, hey, listen, honey, I'm sorry, but we got to find a new school for the kids and we've got to move and we got to do this and we got to do that. And I'm not saying that that's not called for, that there's not a time and a place for coaches to be fired. It is part of it, but there's a better way to be critical of them and talk about them than doing those things. And, and so to me, it comes down to, we will never be a spin show. And, and I appreciate you saying not spin, but using softer language. Yeah. I think there's something to that because Ryan, I just believe at the end of the day, there's a way to be critical of certain things, but still be grownups and still talk football. And it not just turned into a, a, a ranting, raving, um, yelling at everyone and standing behind my computer with no accountability, calling for a bunch of people to lose their job, their, their, their livelihoods. I'm just, just and it, guess what? No one's going to care at Notre Dame if I think that someone should be fired or not anyway. And so we will always be honest. We will always be critical when it's warranted, but I just don't want it to be personal. And I think at times in the past, I've crossed that line. I think at times with Brian Kelly, I crossed that line. I'm going to be honest. Now I was right. And, and I was, it, it, but it's like, it's something that I learned when my wife and I were going through some marital problems. I was, we we're listening to this, this Christian guy and he was talking about it. And he said, look, you can be right, but wrong at the top of your voice. Meaning you may be right in what you're saying, but you're wrong in how you're saying it because you're not being, you're not telling your wife how you feel. You're cutting her, you're cutting her down. That's not productive. And I do think at times I cross that line and, and, and I will again, but as long as the intention is always to stick to football, stick to honest analysis and assessment and, and, and criticism, then you're good. You're good. And, and people will understand where you're coming from because there's coaches at Notre Dame now who I've been very critical of. I have a pretty good relationship with. For two reasons. One, because they never feel it's personal. And two, they all know you have my phone number. If you don't like what I'm saying, call me and we'll talk like grownups. There's a coach on the Notre Dame staff right now who's on the staff now who I've been very critical of the last two years that I have a pretty good relationship with because he called me this summer, didn't like something I said. He had a really good back and forth conversation, didn't come to agreement. But he understood, you know, I appreciate the fact that you've never made it personal. We don't agree on your evaluation of what I'm saying, but it's not personal. So so that's what I want to be, Ryan, where at the end of the day, people say, I mean, he was really hard on that guy, but he, it was never personal and it never crossed the line or at least tried to rarely do that. I think that's where I, that that's not think that's where I want I be to be. I don't want it to be a place where you where, where all the angry people who just want to yell about things come to. Or just everyone, we're firing everybody. That, that's not football analysis. That's that's your emotional reaction as a fan. And I just don't want us to be that place. And so that's why we we talk the way we talk. I mean, to a degree, like I don't I don't have Ryan do recruiting grades. Is it because Ryan's not capable of it? No, it's not that at all. Ryan'd be very good at it. But it's like, but there's relationships that have to happen. And it can be difficult to have a relationship with a kid. It, when when you've gone out and given them a certain evaluation or grade, because that can impact the relationship. But at the same time, Ryan's always going to be allowed to be honest in his assessments because I would rather lose the relationship with the recruit because Ryan gave you all an honest evaluation 
than for us to spin things. So you'll always get an honest opinion, but I do think the way that it can be delivered can be done in a way that's more respectful of everybody involved. And I don't ever want a parent come and tell me that they thought I was personal. And then I can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I think they're right that it could be perceived that way. Parents are going to not like what I say sometimes. And honestly, I don't care. But as long as I can look in the mirror and say, if I was that parent, I would be upset too, just because their kids being criticized. But if I can look in the mirror and say, man, yeah, I was that way towards that kid. Then you know what? Then that's on me. And I wasn't delivering the criticism in the right way. I can still be honest with you all about a player's ability or a coach's ability without it becoming like a, this kid sucks. He's freaking terrible. He's a bum. They need to take a scholarship away or they need to fire this guy. He sucks. He's terrible. You need to fire that guy. I can be critical of Jared Parker's game plan without jumping to those kind of ridiculous conclusions because a lot of the same people that want to fire Jared Parker wanted to fire Al Golden last year as well. And I'm sure glad that Marcus Freeman didn't listen to him in that regard. And so that's that's where we're at. I appreciate the question because I've actually had a few people ask me about this. Like, are you are you doing things differently? Are you are you purposely not being as hard on Marcus Freeman because you like him? I'm like, no, that's not it at all. It's more about just I'm at a different place in my life and in my in my faith and and it's why I don't post on Twitter as much because I have a very bad habit of just destroying people on Twitter. I just can't help myself because there's so much stupidity on Twitter. I just try to stay off of it because that's not who I want to be. And and that doesn't mean that I can't be critical. But I just think there's a better way to do it. And I'm just kind of I look around and I just see the people that do nothing but insult and tear down. And I'm like, I don't want to I don't want us to be that way. You can be critical without destroying people. So um, I, I hope that's something that Ryan respects about being at Irish Breakdown. If not, it, you know, it is what it is, but that's who we're going to be moving forward. So that's where I'm at. And we had a super chat that came in again. Truman Dumel. Truman, you are much too kind today, sir. Is Gerby Lambert an early entry? No, Truman, he is not. Notre Dame has 15 early enrollees set to be mid-year enrollees. But unfortunately, Gerby, and that this is a Catholic memorial situation up in West Roxbury, Massachusetts. This was the same thing with Bubakar Traore last year. They don't allow early enrollees. So unfortunately, he will not be a part of the early enrollee class. But future is bright at the University of Notre Dame. There's no I like how Ryan just slide right away from that conversation. You said a lot, man. You know, I have ADHD. I glazed over a couple times, to be honest. I know. I saw you, you like right <laughs> A little nod off at the, at the middle of it, but can't have those long conversations at, at a three-hour mark in the podcast, man. That needs to be like a yeah. first conversation. But I do get asked part. that question a lot, and I did want to speak to it because I, I do think that things are are different now, and I want to be there. I did like the fact that somebody said I like to preface making a comment with all due respect, and somebody else said, it's in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> One of the great scenes in a movie from Talladega Nights. So I always do that with Tommy. I'm like, Tommy, with all due respect, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. And just yeah. move on there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Ryan, that is it. That's the last question. So I believe and you got the you got the Truman's super chat. We appreciate all yep. that, Truman, but that is going to do it for today's show. Um, yep. real quick tonight, just so you all know, no Ivy Nation sports talk tonight. We are going to go live, however. Uh Bill Bender and I are going to go live at uh eight o'clock tonight for our uh post rankings breakdown so bill and i are going to spar a little bit again tonight because i have a feeling we're going to once again disagree on where michigan <laughs> is so you'll you'll want to tune in for that that's going to be on the cfb nation channel tonight at eight o'clock live eight o'clock we'll break down the tonight's college football rankings so no cfb nate or so no ib nation sports talk but cfb nation will go live tonight at eight o'clock eastern all right so you heard we'll it there first and if you are Subscribe to both those channels. If you hit the notification notification bell to this channel as well as CFB Nation, you will know when a show is going to pop up. 
Make sure you hit that like button on the way out. Want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving because I will not be on the show with Brian tomorrow, obviously. So I want to just do a due diligence here of just wishing everybody have a happy holiday. Stay safe, be safe, eat a lot of food, and have a great time. We'll talk to you again, though, very shortly. Make sure you go to boards at irishbreakdown.com. Thank you all so much again for joining us today here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.